0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Deer Sports Podcast. My name is Faith Lynch, and I am so excited for our first episode. Um, My goal with this podcast is for our guests to have a space to share their journey through sports and what it's taught them. I am so excited for our first guest, Walter Abercrombie. Uh, Walter was Baylor's star running back from 1978 to 1981. He's a member of the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame while also having an eight year career in the NFL. I was a first round draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1982, where he played for the Steelers through 1982 to 1987 before spending his final professional season with the Philadelphia Eagles. So Walter, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Faith, it's it's great to join you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, of course. Um, We're just gonna kind of jump right in. Um, First, just tell us about yourself and what you do currently for Baylor.
1: Okay, um, well, let's see. Let me tell you that I was born here in Waco, so okay. I, I was kind of always had a little bit of Baylor connection. I grew up literally four blocks from campus. Awesome. And so um, my, my dad was a Baptist preacher or pastor of a church, you know, and so we had this great connection with Waco, Baylor, and even the Baptist religion that had tremendous influence on me. And probably made made it easier for me to select to come to Baylor when I was uh, coming out of high school, and so um, I am now. Let's <clears throat> see, this is in my it's my my twentieth year wow. working at Baylor, uh, seventeen consecutive years with the B Association. There was a, about three years I had uh, prior to uh, taking my current position. Um, I was working in academics uh, over on campus. This is back in the 1990s but um but yeah so 20 years working with Baylor um I am uh, the executive director of the B Association and um associate athletic director in the athletic department so uh being here 17 years I've seen a lot of stuff a lot of changes <laughs> yes uh good and bad but <laughs> but uh we we have survived and um I love it I I couldn't I getting the chance to work in athletics and to work with former athletes specifically. Right. Um, gosh, I can't think of a better job. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy and thrilled to have been here and lasted as long as I did.
0: For sure. I think Baylor is one of those places that it really gives back to its athletes later on in life, which has been really cool to see, um, especially my dad playing golf here. Growing up, going to the Letterman's Lounge, being in that environment, it was always a dream for me, too, to make it there. And it was really cool being able to pick a school that... Watch the athletes still be connected post-athletic career is really cool, and so props to y'all for doing such a great job with that.
1: Thank you so much, and I appreciate your your perspective because your father <laughs> was a letterman, and uh, and and he uh, is very involved in our organization, and and I appreciate his support. But to have a young lady, uh, a daughter now, to come along after uh, after he finished and to carry on that that uh, Lynch legacy, so to speak. <laughs> and for you to be involved in the capacity you're involved. I'm very proud of you and I know he is too.
0: <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, so what is a day-to-day activity for you as the Associate Athletic Director of the B Association?
1: Yeah, so, um, day-to-day, uh, my job is to engage uh, our exes, you know, and, uh, and that I do that in a number of ways. Um, we either a phone call or we start planning events where we can get together with uh, ex-athletes and when I say ex-athletes, I mean all sports, you know, whether it be uh, women, um, men, um, track, football, basketball, uh, young or old. Um, we have members who played as far back as 1950s. They're still living awesome. uh, in the 1960s. And and then we have uh, younger people who are recent grads who um, who get involved with our organization. And so... Um, <clears throat> it's a fun job. I, I get to contact them, find out what's going on in their lives, you know, invite them to be a part of what we're building at Baylor. Most of the time, it's a pretty easy job because athletes, regardless of the sport they played in, really maintain a strong interest in their sport. Right. Um, not just their sport, but Baylor specifically, how Baylor is doing in that particular sport. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a unique interest that they have, and it doesn't take a whole lot for them to want to get back involved and support in, in a lot of ways. And so in that way, my job is easy, but, but sometimes uh, when people leave, they don't always leave their address or phone number. You, know, you have right. to chase them down. Once you find them, you, know, you contact them and say, hey, man, we're going to be in your city, uh, or we're going to have this event here on campus, want you to come back. Or we may decide we're going to honor them in some way. Oh. Uh, and get them come back and, and uh, be a part of it. so it's a, it's a fun job a lot of we get great acceptance and the university um, is a small university private compared to some of the state yeah. schools in our conference so our group is a small group but a very very important group a very active group
0: For sure that's awesome and it's really cool to be able to walk in there and see all of the older men that played football, but also to see the young volleyball player who was recently married and she's bebopping in there. And it's a cool way for athletes from all generations to connect, which is – it's a cool experience. Um, so you kind of mentioned it before. You're from Waco.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but tell us your journey of getting to Baylor, the recruiting process, why Baylor. Tell us all of that.
1: Okay, if I can go back that far in my memory, let's see. <laughs> um, I do know that, I, you know, I, I remember – living on South East street. Um, and there was a youth group from Baylor that used to come down into our neighborhood. And, and as a kid, you know, you know, we'd be playing football in the street or something, you know, and, and here come, and it was a predominantly black neighborhood. So then you'd have these young college students, these white kids coming from, I think one of the churches, uh, one of the, maybe seventh and James Baptist church, uh, there your campus, they would have a youth group that would come down into our neighborhood and, and basically talk to us about Christ, you know, wow. uh, and witness to us. And, and then not only that, but then they would say, we'd, we'd like you to come back to the church. And we would have punching, they would have punching cookies. Well, that was uh that was great for us because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> all of us wanted punching cookies, right? Oh, and so yeah. we would go back with them and it was a short distance and we and we'd have punch and cookies at the church like they like, like they said they would have. And and then they'd have a little session and they'd talk to us about our faith and and um you know, if we knew, knew Jesus Christ and and, um, and they would witness to us in a way that was um, I thought bridge building for, for many of us and relationship building. I didn't know any of these kids, but they were they cared enough about us to come and talk about the Lord. And so that had a big impact on me um, uh, as a kid. I felt like I got to know some of them um, in a way that I would not have otherwise. And so when I got old enough to uh, make a decision to what college I was going to attend, those experiences uh, that I had as a, chi- as a kid, um, they came back to me, and I remembered them. And I thought, you know, if this school sent people – out into our neighborhood that cared about us and, and wanted to, to save our souls, then I should give this school an opportunity to, um, to, to display my talent and, and, and to come there. So um, that's where it all started. Coach Taft was another big reason. Um, a, a lot of people probably would think that that's probably the main reason. <laughs> but Grant Taft uh, was just an outstanding coach, tremendous influence on me and he recruited me to come uh, to Baylor, and, and anybody who's ever been recruited by Coach Taff, it's not a whole lot of folks turn him down, so, but uh, but I really admired him, felt like he was the right kind of coach I needed to play for, so I made the decision to come.
0: That's really cool. That's really encouraging, too, I think, as a current athlete to want to be able to go into the community and give back. Um, the, Baylor does a great job of setting up service organizations like that for us to go and do that, and not gonna lie sometimes it's hard to want to on your off day to go and serve and to do that but hearing that I think yeah. I'm more encouraged and hopefully other athletes that listen are encouraged to want to give back and to leave Baylor's legacy continuing to go on because I feel the same way about Baylor now is it's very Christ-oriented service-oriented and so it's really cool that that is part of your story that's awesome yeah.
1: made a big difference yeah
0: that's so cool um So as you're here, so you spoke about Grant Taft a little bit. Talk about your relationship with him. Um, He was still kind of new, still had his program doing, had done well, but talk about your relationship with him.
1: Sure. Um, Grant Taft uh, is, uh, I would say, like a father to me. He really is. Um, I played for him for four years here, but I I knew a whole lot about him before I made the decision to come to Baylor. I watched he and his team win the – Southwest conference championship in 1974. Um, I I probably was around, um, I don't know, 15 years old or so. And those guys didn't have a great team, but not great in the sense of a whole lot of talent. Right. But they, they played like champions, man. Uh, and, and they beat Texas and, um, the way they did in that game, I'll never forget it. And so, um, I felt like if, if they could win the conference, um, if Baylor could win the Southwest conference championship in a conference that included Arkansas and, and, uh, Texas and, mm-hmm. and Texas A&M, I felt like, you know, I could go and compete at a very high level. Yeah. So Grant, uh, coach staff uh, gave me an opportunity. I came and, um, uh, and, um, you know, I just, as, as uh, fortune would have it, um, my career went well <clears throat> and we, the 1980 team got a chance to win the championship as well. Yes, y'all so, did. So uh, we had a lot of talent on the team. Uh, Dennis Gentry, Mike Singletary, mm-hmm. uh, Van McElroy. Oh, gosh, I'm, it's just Cedric Mack, uh, Charles Benson. I just just on and on and on about the talent we had uh, on that team. Tommy Tabor, Joe Campbell, Radar Holt. Man, those names were, you know uh, – were just associated with championships, man, um, and winning. And when I think of them now, even though I went to play for eight seasons in the National Football League, the Steelers and the Eagles. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think of winning, and my most most memorable experiences were those that I had here at Baylor, believe it or not.
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: you know, I had some great memories in Pittsburgh. And and so, but yeah, right here at Baylor, I think because – of my close relationship Mm -hmm. and the way that um, Coach Taft helped our team bond and and grow together. and um, It's really memorable and um, great memories, by the way.
0: That's awesome. I know my dad always talks about his collegiate memories with his teammates and just so much fun. A lot of them have nothing to do with golf, (laughs) and I'm sure yours probably don't have a lot to do with football. Do you have one that sticks out to you of a teammate or – just something, like a fun story?
1: Well, um, the, the <clears throat> you know, I was talking about Grant, Grant Taff a moment ago. I went, you know, he was a tr- tremendous builder of men as well. Yeah. You know, he was not only a great coach, but he helped um, guide us and, and, and as, as young men. You know, he was a great example for us. And that couldn't have been more evident than what happened to one of our players um, during the time I was at Baylor, we had a we had a player that during a practice was hit by another player and uh, broke his neck and became a quadriplegic. Oh gosh! And you know, a lot of coaches and people, schools may have it would have been easy to forget about that player. He was right. no longer co- contributing much, but uh, Coach Taft never forgot about this guy, and matter of fact, made him sort of our mascot, so to speak, uh, through through the next few years. He was very important, inspirational guy to us. He never regained his ability to walk, but he was very close to our team, and, and he remained close to our team for the next four years. And I think, you know, he graduated. Um, um, he ended up getting, uh, I think, several of the players got together some years later and bought him a van that he could drive, you know. That's awesome. Um, and, and even a house uh, to live in There was a handicap um, set up for handicaps. And so um, that was driven a lot by Coach Taft. Uh, a lot of that effort, love and concern and, and, uh, for, for Kyle Woods, that was his name, uh, was driven by Coach Taft. And because of his leadership uh, with, with the way he treated Kyle, many of us felt the same way and wanted to rally around Kyle ourselves in support of him for the rest of his life, and 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 that's what many of us did. Uh, he remained very close and an inspiration to to us even as adult when we, when we left Baylor, and so um, anyway, it's not a fun story, but it, it was a meaningful story yeah. that um, impacted nearly everybody on the team.
0: That's awesome, and I think it's just such a statement to sports too that it teaches you so much more than being athletic, um, working out. It's just it's such a Like you said, it creates you to learn how to be a man, learn how to be a grown woman and to handle yourself and work with different people and go through adversity. I mean, he obviously had a life-changing experience and his life was changed forever. So just speaks volumes to Grant Taft and to y'all's team to rally around him. Um, So going through all of that and kind of coming into who you are and your own personality, how do you feel like that helped you get ready for the NFL and for the NFL draft? If you could go back as well. To yourself in that time, is there anything you would have changed?
1: Um, gosh, man, um, 1982. We um, we come off of uh, a, not a very great season in '81. Um, a lot of the the players from the championship team had, had graduated and, and moved on to other, other things. So we had we still had a pretty good team, but the '81 80, season didn't go. Uh, as well as we wanted it to go. But, you know, I had kind of established myself as one of the top backs in the country. And so when 80, the 82 draft came around, um, you know, someone had mentioned to me that, hey, man, you, you're one of the top five backs in the nation, uh, the seniors, are coming out, and you're probably going to go in the first round. And I thought, you know, at that time, I never even considered myself an NFL caliber really? back. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, mean, I was like first round. I didn't, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm making plans to, you know, maybe go to the army or something, and, uh, um, and so it was. It was really sh- a shocker for me. I really, I really I'm not kidding. I, I was. Uh, I, I knew I had some talent, but I didn't know I would be considered as a top draft pick. And so, um, sure enough, the draft came around. I was drafted in the first round by the Steelers and. Man, it was just a whole new world for me because it, it caught me by surprise and then I was thrown into this, this kind of world of of being a pro athlete pretty quickly and that right. and that, while that was fun and it was learning, you know, I moved uh to, to Pittsburgh, which is the first time I'd ever really been out of Waco, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so and so I got to Pittsburgh and and really fell in love with those people there and uh had a chance to play for one of the great NFL coaches ever, and that's Chuck Knoll. Um, I went to play when I got there. Uh, the whole team, almost the whole team, were NFL Hall of Famers. Wow. I mean, they. I mean, there's on offense, there was Terry Bradshaw was my quarterback, um, Lynn Swan, the great rival receiver, uh, Mike Webster, uh, the center, who was a Hall of Famer. Oh, gosh. Uh, john stalworth benny cunningham Franco harris was in the backfield uh, the great running back from penn state and um it it was pretty pretty amazing experience for me and i was intimidated to say the (laughs) least Uh, i never saw saw myself being good enough you know but but i I was thankful to have the experience and and then to, to realize as a player even later in my career like that that i was i was actually good enough to to play professionally and um on defense, man, on that same team, man, Mel Blunt, I mean, Donnie Shell, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham. I mean, <laughs> when I think about in the going into the locker room and seeing those guys for the first time, you know, in person, I can't tell you what that was like, man. I was scared. <laughs> um,
0: the movie stars you know, are real. They're uh, real the, people. Here these guys are.
1: <laughs> and... I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan. Okay. So I would watch the Cowboys lose to the Steelers in the Super Bowl. So I don't know how I felt about those guys. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> but,
1: I, but I quickly learned uh, why they were so great. Yeah. And, and not only great players, what I was so fortunate to have in terms of an introduction to the NFL is to go to a team with a lot of great men. And this is something I had at Baylor uh, yeah. uh, being men being shaped by coach Taff and just high quality guys that coach would rec- recruit to come to Baylor. That same type of caliber player was in Pittsburgh. And, I, and awesome. I never will forget just the great influence that had on me and making sure that I kept my head on straight <laughs> and that um, I knew how to deal with the temptations that came along with, with being a, a young guy in a big city with yeah. a, with a little bit of money you know so. I'm very fortunate in that regard.
0: That's that's definitely tough, and I think I feel for the guys in the NBA right now, you know, the one-and-dones. I feel like that's super popular right now, and I'm like, these 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds are now just thrown into the fire, and it's, it's so tough. Um, so to have that experience at Baylor and then to go to Pittsburgh and to have those same people around you, I mean, that's, that's lucky. You know, you don't find that everywhere.
1: Well, I tell you a faith. It kind of goes back to the experience I had as a young child. And, and, and you know, you you never know what those experiences, how those experiences as a kid can manifest itself in your life later on. Yeah. So if you look at the way that I was able to handle myself uh, during that period of time when I came into a lot of money and I came into a lot of fame as a pro player – it really was about who I was, what influences I had as a young person. And that goes all the way back to those young college students from Baylor coming down into our neighborhood and talking about, hey, I know you guys are football players, but let me tell you a little bit about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and so when it came to those moments where I had to really kind of figure out who I was, I could lean back on those, on those memories as a kid those memories at Baylor um, with a, a great mentor like Coach Taft. And um, I think it helped shape the decisions that I made um, uh, in those moments where there were temptations to come along. And who knows what kind of trouble I stayed out of, man, <laughs> I mean, because of that influence. So I'm thankful, man, and, and grateful that, the, that Baylor and the coaches and the influences I had early on in my life, came back to manifest themselves in in my life as a pro athlete. That's
0: awesome. That's really good. Um, So back in April, I think I had the privilege of announcing the John Westbrook Award with you. Yeah. Um, At the Golden Bruisers, the award show that um, SACE, Student Athletic Center for Excellence, puts on for athletes. It's a really fun time for all of us to get together and to celebrate our seasons um, so we both were able to present the John Westbrook award um, could you speak on that award what it means to you growing up in a predominantly black community um, the impact that had on you in your life and your decision for Baylor
1: Yeah. so uh, in September 1965 um, it may have been actually 1966 Baylor played Syracuse University um, on national television and it was there was a time when i was a kid i i watched that game on television and of course baylor was my team right <laughs> and so i got a chance i didn't we didn't have tickets to go to the game and so we watched it on television cuz it was offered on tv and um, so my dad who um, who just i think he bought a color television so uh, the game was in color most of the games we had seen up to that point was was a Black and white li- black, black,
0: black black and white games. that's awesome,
1: but the game was in color, and Baylor that game somewhere in a in the maybe the second half somewhere put in John Westbrook, and up to that point, we had never seen a, a black player play for Baylor wow, and so um I remember just when John went into the game now john that going into the game he he broke the the color barrier, in the not only at Baylor, but in the Southwest Conference. Right. So it was the first black player to play in a football game in the Southwest Conference. And so I got a chance to see that. Yeah. And as a young kid, like I said, you know, who had dreams and aspirations, but I didn't think they would ever be realized at, at a college like that. You know, um, there were some HBCUs that I thought uh, if, if I had a chance to go play, it would be at one of those schools where here's a guy – um, who goes into a football game that's my color, look like me, and he plays. He plays yeah. for the school that I that I in the neighborhood where I grew up, and I thought at the time. Well, let me just say that my imagination was lit up, you know, oh. because what seemed impossible, all of a sudden seemed possible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, John Westbrook's playing now. He wasn't. He didn't grow on to become a great player. But he was, he graduated from Baylor, went on to a fine career, I think he was in the ministry, but he was the type of guy, as I got to know him uh, later on in life, that he was the right guy to to be the person to break the color barrier, because uh, you realize what a quality man he was, and it, since that time, you know, uh, he you know he died as a young man, but I got to know his family later on, and they're a tremendous family, but... John Westbrook was a tremendous influence on me in the sense that um I saw him playing in a Baylor football uniform and I imagined as a kid myself being the same way you know it lit up my imagination and my dreams of maybe one day going to Baylor and playing and that that was the example that I saw
0: That's awesome I think it's so cool that you got to almost give back to that as well as y- you accomplished it, you did it. You went to Baylor and you played and you were able to set the example for other students. And I think all athletes, we all have that one person that has sparked an interest of like, oh, I want to be like them. And so for you to be able to be that person for somebody else, I think is so cool. And it gives me chills. I mean, it's yeah. a full circle kind of moment and it's, it's rare, but it's, it's really inspiring.
1: It is inspiring uh, when we think about the award you just mentioned, the John Hill Westbrook Award. Mm-hmm. It's an award for courage and perseverance, right? So we know that because of what he went through as an athlete, and it wasn't easy for him. Right. Uh, he faced a, a lot of, a lot of hate, you know, so to speak. Uh, not just from folks around the opponents that Baylor played, but some right here in, in their own Baylor, Baylor family. Uh, who didn't want to see a black player play, you know. So John had the right kind of courage, and he displayed a lot of perseverance just through the experiences of being on the team at that time and, and what he had to go through. And I, as I got older, I got to know more about him and more about his life and what he experienced here. And it's pretty amazing yeah. that he was able to to maintain his composure, his he Stay true to his dreams, and he fought through all of the negativity, and um, and, and turned out to be turned out to be um, a great individual. It's a tremendous character, and uh, so his courage and his perseverance, I think, uh, can be can be an inspiration to the players today, as we give that award out. You think about some of the things that those athletes who received the award, what they had to go through yes. to get nominated for that award. I mean, those type of things and challenges and and courages they face, you know, they're still today. So it's relatable to to the young people today. And I'm so glad that the athletic department has decided to continue giving that award out to recognize people who have gone through those type of challenges.
0: For sure. I think SACE does such a great job of implementing those things and making sure that in those times of trials and, I mean, adversity that we're taking care of and we have all the resources to help us get through those things as well. I mean, being a student athlete, is, it's hard. Yeah. Um, you're still a person. You still have feelings and you still have to go through life and um, being, especially now being in the public eye, I mean, these guys are thrown into the media and it's just everything is amplified. Um, but for SACE to have stuff like that to shine light of like, you did it yeah. and someone before you did it as well and people are going to continue to go through it. Um, So a really cool moment, and it was so fun to randomly be paired together to present (laughs) that award. That was so cool. Definitely a little faith was kind of fangirling a little bit, so that was awesome.
1: You were were a superstar (laughs) on the stage. Are you kidding me?
0: Thank you. (laughs) Um, So you've mentioned the Southwest Conference, um, and that changed to the Big 12, with everything that's going on in the world, with all the conference switches, people jumping ship, going on, um, what is your take on it, and what do you think that looks like for the future of Baylor Athletics?
1: Well, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I'm um, I'm just keeping my eye on the situation and and just uh, I think that over the last uh, ten to twelve years, Baylor has made some advancements. I think um, that that have I think that has helped its cause in, 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 those situations. Um, the facilities we have on campus are some of the best, you know, our graduation rate on student athletes always near the top and just what we're producing on the, on the field and the court, you know, it can't be denied. I mean, you win a national championship in men's basketball, national championship in women's basketball and you win, uh, your, your Top, one of the top teams in the country in football. You win us South, a, a uh, Big Twelve championship uh, just um, a couple of years ago, and and uh, and then, um, or just last year, I'm sorry. And then go and and become a Sugar Bowl uh, champion. Uh, that says that there's there's a lot of great things about your program. Now, what are those? What do those accomplishments mean in terms of appealing to um, you know? television networks and conferences alignments and so forth, it's a different matter. Um, A lot of times it's about how many people can you attract in in terms of your audience, Um, you know, and uh, how many alumni do you you, you have, you know, that that follow your program. And so Baylor is at a disadvantage in that regard when it comes to appealing to to some of the big conferences. But at the same time, you know, we're highly, highly competitive in all of the other areas that, right. that uh, the measures that that uh, that they look at in terms of conference inclusion. So I'm I'm optimistic. We have a tremendous athletic director. We're very fortunate to have uh, Mac Rhodes, who's really one of the great leaders uh, in college athletics today. And I trust his leadership. I also trust the leadership of our president, um, Linda Livingstone, where yeah. we We've, it would be hard-pressed to find two greater representatives for Baylor University when it comes time to, to talk about where the future of Baylor is going to be. And if there's any influence, influence they have, it's going to be strong influence right. to the other conference rivals and, and, um, and members. So um, I'm, I'm optimistic because I think, you know, uh, even you know with the recruits that we have to come to Waco, First time they come to town, you know they're they're sold on Waco, they're sold on Baylor. You yeah. know if you can ever. It used to be there was a saying years ago that if you could ever get a recruit to come to Waco, you got him. Right. And um, and because of the tremendous campus, the beautiful beautiful campus, the the students that we have here, and it is really an awesome school. So uh, you, we got all the parts of the puzzle. Um, <clears throat> I just can't. I don't have enough information to make a prediction about where Baylor's going to end up in terms of conference alignment. I just know that whoever gets us in a conference, um, they're going to have to beat us on the field and the court. And so that's always a big challenge. They may, they may beat us, at the audience and the, the folks tuning in, but, but um, what's actually going, at, going on on the field or the court, that's a whole other matter.
0: I love that. That gets me so fired up. Oh, gosh. I think you're so right in saying that we have such great leadership. Um, Getting recruits here, you know, they ask questions, especially with everything going on. They're like, are we going to move? What's going to happen? You know, the Big Ten is really good at volleyball. So are are we going to move to the Big Ten, you know? And I just have to reassure them. I'm like, look, Baylor's the same. We're going to remain consistent. Um, I don't even worry about it because I just – I trust Mac Rhodes and Linda Livingstone so much because I know that – I was talking about this with someone the other day that Linda played basketball and she was an athlete and so they've done it, you know, and so I trust her from um, a female athlete. I'm like, she's going to make the right decision for us as well. She's not just going to think about football, which is reassuring and makes us feel valued, which is nice. It's not everywhere. Absolutely. Um, So with football season coming up, do you, when you watch, are you looking at your position only? Um, how how do you watch? What are your predictions for Baylor? I know I always look at the DS setting position to kind of see how they're doing in other teams. What are you looking at?
1: Now you're going to expose me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking – you know, when I first got out of ball, um, got out – well, when I first stopped being a player, you know, and when I became a fan, that's all I ever watched is running back position. <laughs> right. Well, I could give you a, you know, a great commentary about running backs, <laughs> how good they are, how bad they are. Um, and then as I, as I started to learn more about, you know, be, become um, a more well-rounded fan, I right. started looking more at the offensive schemes and, and uh, the other positions, particularly offensive line. I really focused on the offensive line and how offenses um, really impacted the game and the changes that offenses have made, offenses have made through the years, right. um, much more passing now than than when I was a running back uh, as a player. Um, to now, you know, I'm able to look at the game now and look and be just as focused on defense and you know, the cornerback position, linebacker positions um, than I ever was. And and so, believe it or not. <clears throat> I'm able to enjoy and take in a game at a much higher level now than I was as a player. Yeah. It, it might be crazy to some people, <laughs> but, but I'm able to look at it and there's no pressure. I'm not having to worry about competing in my mind about anybody. You know, right. I'm just, I'm just looking at, um, and, and now, you know, we have, we can run the plays back. If you watch on on television or instant replays, you know, you can, you can uh, you kind of see what you missed, right? Yeah, and uh, so it makes it fun to analyze yeah. uh, analyze games. So it's a lot more fun. I'm having a great time.
0: That's awesome. You know,
1: even though I work on game days and we we have to host a lot of folks in the lounge, you know, I am glued to that uh, television. <laughs> we have we have a big screen TV in the letterwinners lounge at the stadium, and so. Uh all all of our fans who stay in the room and watch the game, I'm right there with them, man. I'm like looking at the game, you know, I'm like, you know, and uh, and as loud as a cheerleader as you've ever heard. So I've become more of a fan, a a more sophisticated fan now than than I ever was as a as a younger
0: player. That's awesome. And I mean too like technology has changed so much. Like you said, instant replay. It's it's almost kind of a different game now, you know, just with so much change and that's awesome though that you can Enjoy. I'm always curious. I'm like, do they just still watch their position? What's going on? That's awesome. Yeah.
1: a lot of players. Well, you know, when they retire, if you play for a while, the game is is hard to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, because yes. you're seeing things that are happening. You're just going, why are you doing that? Oh, just <laughs> so you you don't want to watch it. But but if you can get beyond that, and and I know this happens with older players as they age, they get back in front of the television or they. They go back to being a fan and and they enjoy the game for just the love of the game. And a lot of times it really doesn't matter who wins or loses. You just enjoy the competition and all the other things that go along with it. And, uh, I think it's much more entertaining now. It's more fun to watch. You know, the players are so talented, you know, I mean, unbelievable catches, (laughs) these circus catches, you know, uh, and some of the things athletes do today, make it, make it fun for everybody. And, um, I'm, I'm uh, i I'm a big football fan, but I'm also a big basketball fan. Okay. And so, you know what Scott Drew is doing at Baylor basketball is pretty amazing. I just love that guy. He's a cool dude. He is a he is a cool dude. He's a great coach, and um, and the way he's having to adjust to coach those teams each year, and now it's going to be an even bigger challenge because he's He's going to have players that will come and stay one year, and yeah. they'll leave and, and, um, and go play pro ball. And so he, his ability to coach and adjust to what the talent that he has at that particular moment, I think, is going to be a big difference maker for him. He can do it. And he's shown he's done He can do it. And so he'll be one of the greats in the profession. As we go forward
0: for sure it's really cool to be able to say that i get to practice in the feral center just i get to share that <laughs> right. national championship energy hopefully it'll rub up on us soon um yeah he's a cool cool guy okay so for our last question okay um it's dear sports kind of a my intent behind it is i want our guests to be able to write a love letter to sports so if you could write a letter to sports in a couple of words what would you say, what would you sum sum it up? Sports as a person, what would you wanna to say to them?
1: Dear sports, thank you for giving me the opportunity to grow as a person, to uh, display my skills that God gave me. Um, and I, I would just say thank you for the tremendous people and influences that have been in my life through sports. Um, dear sports, thank you just for given me a chance to be a professional, um, to play in a professional league because of my sports, because of my talent. Um, thank you for, like I said, all of the friendships that I've had through sports. Some of the friends that I have to this very day, I, my lifelong friends I met, we were teammates. And, uh, so I owe a lot to sports, I owe a lot to um, The things that I learned in sports, the lessons, the values, how to play fairly, you know, all those things, you know, I taught to my children. So sports has done a lot for me. So if I had to write a letter to, to Dear Sports, I'd say thank you for the for the great life you've allowed me to live and for the influence that you've given me that I could pass along to my children.
0: That's awesome. And thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Yes. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Faith. First episode. You're one of the greats. So it's such an honor to have you. Thank you for watching our first episode on Deer Sports with me, Faith Lynch. You can find us on Instagram at Deer Sports Podcast. Don't forget to check out the link tree in our bio. It's going to be able to take you to our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify pages. And until next time, this is Faith Lynch with Deer Sports. (音声) Thank you.